Hello. Hello. My name's Tally. I'm Adrian. <laughs> and welcome to Bite Size Podcast. <laughs> Another riveting episode about all of the ways that people can fuck you over. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, it's really nice finding out all the different ways and, um, you know, we pepper in some how to make it not happen, but really in the end we're all gonna get fucked, so... Eventually, yeah. So everyone everyone will be fucked at some point, I'm pretty yeah. sure. <clears throat> it actually, I'm, like, super fucking, like, after all of the, like, stories that I've heard, like, the research that I've done, like, I'm so fucking surprised that I haven't just, like, straight up gotten just, like, fucked on heavy, you know? Like... Oh, yeah. I'm not smart. I mean, like, well, that's... Okay. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me dial that back a little bit. I'm, like, pretty intelligent, and I feel like maybe it's just because, like, I try and use, like, common sense, but, like, I really don't think about shit. I have... Here's the thing. Maybe it's because, like, I leave my credit card at home all the time because I have the number mem- number memorized because, right, right. like skiing and snowboarding it's like it's so much easier for me to just have the number memorized that way if I don't have my card or my wallet with me I can like buy a beer on the back side of the mountain or like you know do whatever and now that everyone has their cards on their phone and stuff like it's made it like even easier to not bring my shit so maybe that's it I don't fucking know <laughs> but I'm very surprised that I haven't gotten fucked in terms of like a scam yet yeah, me too. Especially, um, like, a couple years ago, um, it was before I upgraded my computer, and I knew I was going to be upgrading it some day in that near future. Um, so I was pretty cavalier with what I was doing, you know, like, in downloading, and I was just like, really, it's always looking for obscure horror movies that gets me into trouble, and <laughs> um, just, like, some of the shit that I download and then... It's, like, not even finished downloading, and I'm like, ooh, that was a hefty virus, and then I'd have to, like, spend a couple hours, like, cleaning it up and removing all the things. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you want to get some weird foreign horror movies, you gotta go on some sketchy fucking websites. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I've seen a lot of the things, but I never had anything... Um, very terrible, which is surprising, um, given how many viruses I kind of knowingly put on my computer. Right, Uh, right. But I did remove them immediately, too, so I guess there's that. I I think that that's pretty important, like, having a knowledge of, like, the fact that you know what you're doing and, like, antivirus software and things like that, like, that's important. Like, yeah. not everybody has that. Like, old people don't necessarily no, have don't. that. <laughs> so it's like, not to, like, you know, disparage old people or anything, but, like, generally, like, they're not going to know except for, like, the, you know, geek squad putting antivirus software on their computer. Yeah, they're going to get, like, a full setup for Best Norton, Buy. which is the virus of antivirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Malware bites. Love it. Yeah, love it so much. So, uh, what's new? Uh, so, our city is burning down, starting on the west side. Uh, yeah. Again, we are recording early, so dates yes. are weird, but, um, 
March 29th, but for you, it's like the end of April. <laughs> no, I think we're Possibly in May, May. now. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be May. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the I think it's about three miles from our house is on fire. Um, Noah's dad, like his neighborhood, had to be evacuated, and there's um, fire literally across the street from his dad's house. So it's like this waiting game of like, because we have 70 mile per hour winds right now. So it's, it's like, is it going to catch it just um, right and send it back up the canyon? Or is it going <clears> to <throat> catch it just right and send it to the front into door? Town. Yeah. I don't think it would make it into Ugh. town. There's like too much rock and road. <laughs> Right, it'd be like that, um, for sure. But, you know, it'd be cool if his house didn't burn down. Yeah, that'd be legit, probably. That's, like, the goal, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> is to not do that. Yeah. That's rough. It's so crazy, because I'm in California, and I'm at no risk of catching on fire right now. Yeah, but it already did. <laughs> yeah. So oh, there's not, yeah, <laughs> all the time. Even in the middle of winter, it was on fire, actually, down south, so... Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah. Man. Tension is high, and I just want to watch a comfort movie and eat a pizza and or Taco Bell. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's a vibe. Yeah. So, what are you doing on this beautiful Monday? Um, I went to work and then came home and I ate some cookies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, got a Coke Zero from the gas station, raised the roof. Um, <laughs> uh, that's an obscure reference. I apologize. Um, I, I'm getting, I like fully moved out of my apartment. Um, I got into a fucking car accident <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. Um, it's like, I'm fine, and my car is fine now, but it's just, like, everything that I have is, like, going towards, like, saving up for this trip um, and, like, being stable when I get to Maine until I start, like, getting a paycheck again. Um, and so <laughs> I, like had just gone up to Kirkwood and I like packed up all my shit and I like got it ready to move out of my apartment and like moved all the stuff out of my apartment, cleaned up, did all the things I was supposed to do. And I'm like, cool. Awesome. This is the last trip I have to make up here other than to come up for work. And I was on my way home with all my shit in my car and there was a rock slide on the pass and I fucking hit a rock at like 45 miles an hour. Yeah. And so it was like, at first, I thought it was just snow on the road, so I was like, oh, this is fine, whatever, and then it was like, actually, no, this is a big-ass fucking rock when I was, like, 10 feet away from it, and, like, my decision was, like, it was either, like, try and, like, hit it with my tire so it doesn't rip out my fucking undercarriage or go into the guardrail. I'll so rip it's, like... out your undercarriage. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Fertility. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I hit it at full speed, and then I, like, had, like, a mental breakdown on the side of the road. Luckily, my neighbor and friend was, like, right behind me leaving at the end of the day from work. And so they stopped uh, on the side of the road with me, and, like, like, they covered me for tires. Like, obviously, like, I'm going to pay them back once I get to Maine, but, like, 
And tires, luckily, were not that expensive. I got them at Walmart, which is, I was, like, quoted, like, $600 from, like, the regular tire center. And then, like, Walmart was like, yeah, it'd be $320 with tax. I was like, fucking sign me up, bitch. (laughs) Um, But luckily, I was able to get, I have roadside assistance. We were able to get my car towed um, and then back to the trailer park. And then... I, like, put my donut on it the next day and drove it to Walmart, got my tires on, so now the tires are on, and I also got an oil change because I have one, two, three, I have three days of work after this, and then on Friday and Saturday, I'll be in San Francisco, and then I have two more days of work after that, and then I leave on the 6th, so... Technically, because it's the end of the day today for me, I'm saying I leave in exactly one week. And oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to get to see you. I'm going to get to see my mom. I'm going to get to see my best friend Chase. I'm going to get to see, like, a whole bunch of people on this trip. Like, I'm staying with a friend in Sioux Falls and getting to hang out with them for the first time in, like, a really long time. And, like, going to, like, Chicago and going to, like, Baltimore and getting to see my friend Pat and, like, my friend Sean and hanging out in Ocean City and just kind of vibing. Oh, speaking of cats coming indoors, hi. You got Keycat there? Yeah, it's my roommate's kitty. He's a little fucking bastard, but he's being sweet right now. Cute. But he pushed my door open to say hi. I love a little key cat. <laughs> yeah, he's all black. He's a little bitty baby. Like, he's small child. Um, but he's a sweet guy, except for when he's not. <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, all cats. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, then I'm going to New York City for the first time ever, Ooh. which is so exciting. Um, and also Boston for the first time ever. I've never been to Boston. Um, That's the one I want to do. Yeah, and then I think we're going to go through Salem as well, Massachusetts. And then I check into housing on the 16th. Oh my god. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited. So, yeah. Dope. Hell yeah. All coming together. (laughs) Augustus just got inside, and I heard a squeak ball go off. Right, I heard the squeak in the background, and I was like, is that a kitty? Nope. (laughs) Nope, it's a puppy. Yep. So, I think Noah has that under control. (laughs) Yeah. So, lots of traveling to be done, which reminds me, I have to call my credit card company so that they know I'm traveling, because... Today, we're going to be talking about some credit card stuff. Yeah. That wasn't really smooth, but I tried. Yeah, it was good, though. I like the effort. <laughs> Thank you. Obviously, I'm working for it, you know? Yeah, I Everybody's mean... Everybody's working for the weekend. Someone's got to. <laughs> it's a dirty job. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is our fucking fifth episode of this series already. Yeah. Oh my god. We've been fucking burning through them. Dude, we've been through some <laughs> shit, you know? We talked about, like, Ponzi schemes, and we talked about the Nigerian prince scheme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so now we're gonna get on up into some ATM stuff. Also, gas stations. 
Yes, ATMs and gas stations. They're practically the same thing. (laughs) Really, when you think about it. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to talk to you about this thing called ATM skimming and also how people can do some ATM hacking. Ooh. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, For this information, I used Wikipedia, obviously, um, atmmarketplace.com, nwcu.com, thebalance.com, and bankrate.com. Noise. Yeah. Okay, so back in the day, robbing an ATM um, was like a cartoon <laughs> because right. they're like little lock boxes, and people would just like grab a fucking crowbar and be like, all right, here I go. <laughs> Right, and we're just going to break this shit open. Yeah, and I feel like they were always wearing black pants and a black and white striped shirt with a little bandit mask, and they were, like, setting up TNT bombs. <laughs> yeah. and just Or they're pulling a trailer park, boys, and just, you know, attaching it to a pickup. Yeah, you know, there <laughs> were so, off with it. <laughs> so many options available, but they all involved physically destroying the ATM. <laughs> yes, yes. Um... And actually, to call back to episode one of the series, Frank Abagnale, the infamous con man, he used to super glue the cash dispenser door closed. Uh, so when someone would come to withdraw money, it wouldn't work, like it wouldn't spit the money out. And then later he'd like pry up the glue and get all of the money out. <laughs> Damn, that's fucking genius. Dude, he just fucking had the knowledge and the wherewithal. Right. To get paid without working. Right. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) you gotta... That's the thing is it's like, you know, scamming is just as much effort, if not more, than just getting a job. (laughs) Yeah. And there's definitely more on the line than, like, having your soul drained. (laughs) Right. Or, like, maybe having to, like, you know, go on the job hunt for a little while. Like... Yeah. It's no walk in the park. No. Not at all. Like, to the point where I start to wonder if it's, like, worth it, you know? Who's to say? Right. (laughs) Not me, because I don't don't have the courage, the time, or the effort required to do any of this shit, so... (laughs) I really don't. I barely have the courage to leave my front door sometimes. (laughs) Babe. (laughs) I feel it. Yeah. Anyways... So, obviously, those methods, um, that's not sustainable. You can't just go around setting bombs off um, and expect to still be free the next day. Um, Right. So... Generally, people know, you know, the sound of an explosion when they hear one. Yeah. Call the cops or whatever. It's a pretty distinct noise. (laughs) Right, right. You add on top of that the sound of 20s flittering through the air, we know what's up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Coinage. Yeah. Hitting the ground. Oh, yeah. Little Mario noises all over the place. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Thieves and scammers needed to step their game up if they were going to keep knocking over ATMs. Uh, And one of these methods that they created um, is called skimming, um, which did start around 2002, um, which was kind of surprising to me. Um because I feel like I have only heard about skimming in the last, like, five years, but right. turns out it's been here all along. 
Um, yeah. So skimming, they actually use special devices, and I have a picture of what they look like, so that'll be on the gram and the tw- in the tweeter. Um, mm. So they have these devices, and they're just false fronts that attach to the ATMs, and they connect with network cables. Um, so when you look at it, like it does look like part of the ATM. Um, right. It blends. It, it fucking blends. Um, Mm -hmm. so these devices, they steal the credit card data using the magnetic strip on the card. Um, and then they shoot it over to the scammer's computer and then they have all of your shit. And especially when you type in your pin number and stuff, then they literally have all of your shit. Fuck. Yeah. So back then, like when it first started, um, cause nobody knew that it was even happening, um, it wasn't uncommon for them to steal up to $200,000 a day from one device. Holy shit. That's a lot of fucking money <laughs> in Where one do you, day. I just like, <laughs> I just don't even know. Like, obviously like a bank is going to be like, ha ha bro, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how does that not draw attention? Um, I probably did. And that's probably how they figured out that people were skimming. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense, yes. <laughs> uh, so by 2010, ATM skimming was, like, so hot all over the world. It had gone worldwide, and people were skim-scamming all of the ATMs, and then they created skim, wireless... Skim. Yeah, skim, skim, skims. Skim, skim, <laughs> skims. Um, skim, skim, skim. <laughs> <laughs> um, people created wireless skimming devices, um, which furthered their productivity... And then when 3D printers hit the fucking market, uh, it exploded even more because then people could just buy the um, the blueprints. I don't know. Is that right, what you call yeah. them? The blueprints on... It's, it's, it's called a schematic. Schematic, yeah. I think. I was like, yeah. blueprint? That doesn't... No. <laughs> yeah, this, the schematic. I mean, they're literally just two different words for exactly the I same know, but thing, when but I, I say blueprint, I feel like it's a bank layout or something. <laughs> Yeah, I think the uh, I think the real cool kids call them schemas. I don't know. Oh my god! Well, I'm not cool enough to say that word. <laughs> I can't even yeah. say it. Um, so yeah, once 3D printing came about, they could buy the um, schematics on the black market, and then people were just printing their own, um, including the ones with Bluetooth capabilities. Uh, so skim addicts, skim addicts, all over the place. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> uh, so these special little devices, um, they are created for all the different kinds of card readers. Cause some of the card readers are like the little circly green kinds that look like a little turtle mouth. And then there are the kinds <laughs> that are like little rectangles with a little slot that look like a male slot. You know, there's options. Yeah. At least yeah. two options. There's um, at least two kinds of these. <laughs> yeah. But on top of that, they could also create an overlay for the keypad back before the keypad was all like touchscreen. Um, so it would right. like create the overlay that would just like slip onto the top of the other keypad. So then, you know, they could get, um, information. The numbers yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, they're just covering all their bases. Um, and like I mentioned, they're not just for ATMs since gas stations have pretty much the same shit going on. They would also 
put them on uh, gas station machines because um, it's all the same right. card readers. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they just steal your money and leave. Uh, gas stations are also hot because um, since they started taking um, credit cards <clears throat> at the machines, um, people aren't constantly watching them. So scammers could go over there and like pop their little things on and leave. Um, yeah. Pretend they're filling up gas, whatever. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, so with the ease of access to the devices and how hard it is to crack down on them, um, ATM skimming is a problem that still exists today. And on average, this kind of scam costs consumers and financial institutions over $1 billion every year. So it is Jesus like... A, it's lucrative. Yeah, it, it's a it big problem. Well. Yeah. Right. Um, so... Skimming, though, isn't the only thing that's plaguing ATMs because people have figured out how to hack into ATMs um, so they can do things like program the ATM to spit out money at a certain time and they can just walk up and grab the money at their convenience. That's fucking lit. That's some hackers. I know. Oh, I love that. I know. Good for them. I feel like that's a victimless crime, too, because it's like, you know... FDIC certifies bank accounts mostly for, like, something like $100,000 or whatever. Right, fuck a and bank. And, like, yeah, fuck banks, you know? <laughs> yeah. But also, please keep my money safe. Thank you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, so these yeah. types of frauds are pulled off by hackers installing malware on the machines and gaining access that way. Uh, so this allows them to not only... Not only do they not need a physical device on the machine... Um, so it's seen as safer that way. Um, but it's also like safer to steal money and cash, like the cash and the card data because they don't have to like, they don't have to keep revisiting the scene of the crime. Right. Exactly. You want to not revisit the scene of the crime as much as possible. Yeah. So they can do it like the once, like just a, just a quick little bop over to install the malware and then they go home forever pretty yeah. much and then they can just whenever they need some moolah set up a scheduled cash drop yeah or they can just fucking just steal card information right and then they can just do some ad- quick identity fraud <laughs> dang you know see i figured it was like mostly just like the spitting out of random stuff i mean that, that is one stealing. thing that they can do but they could also just Steal, steal, steal the shit. shit. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm cool fucking over banks. I'm not cool fucking over people. No, you but you will mean? be cool about this one. Um, okay. So one tactic that they do use, other than the spitting out the cash, is uh, called a transaction reversal fraud. So this is when a person goes to the ATM and the scammers send an error message, like the like a regular ass person is trying to get money out of the ATM, and the ATM is like. I'm broken and they're like okay and then they leave and then the cash that didn't get dispensed is actually dispensed but the full amount is credited to the person so the person never loses any money but it does get the cash out huh hell yeah yeah 
So that they I support. they are getting the money from the bank, and then it's harder because then the bank they see in their system like, oh, this person tried to access the ATM, they got an error, the money was credited back into their account, so they didn't get any money. But then they're like, but why don't we have but the machine actually did deposit? Yeah, oh, yeah. So then they're okay. like, why is our ATM okay. out of money and it shouldn't be out of money? <laughs> Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a bank. <laughs> I'm a bank. Bail me out. Yeah, it's stuff like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bail me out, bitch. <laughs> My chair is heavy money. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just how I assume. Like, if an ATM was personified or, like, a bank was personified. Dude, they really should, you know, so. bring googly eyes to ATMs. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And then when it spits out money, it should be like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Blah. Blah. Here's your money. <laughs> I'd be stoked yes. about ATMs then. Anyways. So yeah. that's um, some ATM shit. And I will tell you in a moment how to protect yourself against or from that stuff. But before that, I want to talk to you about card not present fraud because it ties into this. Um, so card not present fraud or CNP fraud, um, it's a type of credit card scam in which the customer does not physically present the card to the merchant during the fraudulent transaction. So CNP fraud can occur with transactions that are are conducted online or over the phone. Uh, it is theoretically harder to prevent, um, than card present fraud because the merchant cannot personally examine the card, uh, for signs of like, if it's yeah, a you know a fake thing, if it's missing the hologram, or they can't ask for your uh, license or whatever. Yeah, um, so they can't they can't do that shit. Um, so credit card payment processors um, take a number of steps to minimize card not present fraud. These include verifying the address provided by the customer at the time of purchase matches the billing address. Um, checking the validity of the three-digit CVV security code. So that's why it always asks you for that three-digit code when you're paying for something online. Um, And prohibiting merchants from storing the codes. They can't store those at all, Um, which is great. And I feel more comfortable knowing that. (laughs) Um, However, if the criminal has stolen these details, say, from an ATM, the fraudulent transaction may appear legitimate right uh cnp fraud occurs when scammers get a hold of card information like the name billing address account number the cvv code and the expiration date these things can be stolen like i said from atm and any of the other various phishing techniques that we have discussed earlier um important to note uh when card not present fraud occurs the merchant bears the loss Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So this type of fraud um, can have a significant impact on the merchant's bottom line, as they call it, especially for retail establishments, which tend to have smaller profit margins. By contrast, in card present fraud, the credit card issuer usually bears the loss, not the merchant. Um. Yeah. So under credit card terms and conditions, the credit card issuer will not hold the credit card holder liable for fraudulent charges whether through card present or card not present fraud so i just thought that was interesting just like where not necessarily the blame but you know like 
in the end, someone right. has to... Who's gonna take care of this fucker? <laughs> yeah, so... I'm a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Yeah. So someone has to do it, and I'm glad it's not the victim. Because <laughs> that's the fucking worst, dude. Yeah, there's... I feel like there's a lot of, like, steps that have gone into, like, ensuring that people that, like, use credit cards and banks and things are, like, protected. Like I said, like... I'm pretty sure most bank accounts are, like, insured up to, like, I think it's at least $10,000, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> oh, I won't, but you just went on record, so. <laughs> I said I think, not I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are a couple of ways that the payment industry is trying to combat card not pres- present fraud since it is so prevalent and scary. Um There's this thing called 3D Secure 2.0. This technology seeks to prevent card not present fraud and speed up e-commerce through quick, secure authentication of transaction data. 3D Secure 2.0 lets merchants and payment providers securely transmit an array of data, such as the shipping address, the customer's device ID, and the customer's purchase history to aid a card insurer's decision about approving a transaction. So it's just like a secured tube. (laughs) (laughs) Little tubey boy. It's one of the tubes of the internet, and it's just a really secure tube. It's important. Are there any cats in there? I mean, they might run into some uh, problems. Right. There's also tokenization. Tokenization substitutes sensitive account data, such as the card number, with a temporary one-of-a-kind digital identifier or token. This way, online, in-store, and in-app payments can be process- processed without exposing account details. Nice. Yeah, so they don't store anything. They're just like, here's this fake number, you're going through this tube, and out you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, It's just a series of pipes. Yeah, and it's just one <laughs> of them. Fucking Mario Brothers up this bitch. Yeah, we're just <laughs> dropping coins on bitches or whatever. I don't know how to pay for things. <laughs> Did you ever think about how Super Mario Brothers implies that Mario's first and last name is Mario? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The Mario Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Maybe maybe he just goes by his last name. But then why does Luigi go by Luigi? Because, I mean, I went to school with Either people way, that went by... Luigi Mario. <laughs> yeah, I went to school with people that went by their last names, but their siblings didn't because they weren't a football player. Vibe. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is Mario a football player? <laughs> he kind of looks like it, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. He was totally a hockey player. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Mario Brothers are hockey players for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting in-depth news that people really care about. Yeah, think about that when you're lying <laughs> down to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, anyways, one of the other ways that they're trying to combat card not present fraud is uh, biometric authentication. Um, so this includes using voice, fingerprint, facial um Eyeball scans, heartbeat recognition, all of Jesus, yeah. what? I know. Fucking terrifying. That's terrifying. I feel oh like that God. would work. Nightmare my heartbeat, fuel. I mean, maybe this is outing some of my medical stuff. My heartbeat is so irregular sometimes. I don't think that would work oh, for me. It's like a fingerprint, you know? 
Was that a was that a palpitation or whatever pal pal palpitation? Yeah, that doesn't sound like a real word. Neither does authentication. It really doesn't. I'm done with these fucking five dollar words. So you may be wondering how can you prevent yourself from this stuff? Here are a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, So when you go to use an ATM or a gas pump, look at it. Really look at it. (laughs) Really look at it. (laughs) So the skimming devices, although they look, like, real good, they're going to be bulkier. They're not going to be flush with the real machine. There's always going to be a lip because they're sitting on top of the the real thing. Um, So... Yeah, like if the keypad is raised and not flush in the machine, or if the little card reader is like popping out, don't fucking trust that shit. And look at the other machines around you, because chances are they didn't hit all of them. Um, So yeah, they'll be popping out, they'll be a little bit bulkier, they won't be quite the color that they're supposed to be. Um, they may look darker since there is the other material underneath it. Like the green ones, because the green ones are kind of like not necessarily translucent, but, you know, they're not completely opaque. Um, so that will kind of show through and they'll look darker than they should be. Um, they also may look like super new compared to the rest of the machine. Um Especially, like, older machines that have been there for a while and they're all weathered and beat up and pissed on and, like, fucking nicked all (laughs) over the place. Like, it won't... It'll look out of place. Um, Right. So, if that is happening, don't use it. Um, You can also shake the card reader to see if it's actually attached to the machine or if it gives a little... um, Yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do, too. Every time I just pinch it, give it a little shake. (laughs) Get a little shaky shake. Uh, Sounds like a like I'm pinching a dick. <laughs> I just pinch it, give it a little shake. Give it a little shake. Anyways, if it wiggles, oh, yeah. it's not Dude's good. Rock. <laughs> Unless it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who's yeah? Your call. Uh, anyways, yeah. So yeah, pinch and shake. The old pinch and shake. You can do that. <laughs> Um, you can also check check your bank account often and notify your bank if something doesn't look right Um, right I have just gotten in the habit of checking my bank account um, just like every other day just to like make sure especially because like so much of my stuff is like automated like right you know I pay for auto bill pay all the stuff. Just want to make sure that it's all actually going through or whatever. You know, I can't let that WWE (laughs) subscription lapse. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's important. Yeah. Uh, And stick to ATMs that are in well-lit areas and avoid ATMs at restaurants and stuff since skimmers can like pop their devices on and then they can just like kick it and watch people use it. Right. Yeah. Um, when using, like, a gas pump, do you, like, use ones closer to the building, especially ones, like, facing the building, because chances are they're not going to risk it all <laughs> to get caught by the person working at the gas station. Right. 
as far as like avoiding the hacking, which is just hard because you can't tell. You don't know if they're doing it or not. There's no physical signs of an ATM being hacked. Um, But there are a lot of banks that are moving towards um, having apps on mobile devices. So ATMs are, a lot of ATMs are turning cardless, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Also, cards with chips are way more secure. If you somehow still don't have a card with a chip, you should probably upgrade. Yes. Yeah. However. (laughs) However what? Oh, we're going to talk about it in a minute. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I was like, what, do some card banks not offer the chip? No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you can run <laughs> oh your gosh, debit so as a credit, so you don't have to enter your PIN. Always. You can use Every a time. credit card instead of a debit card, since they aren't typically linked to other things, like in your PayPal and your other subscriptions and whatever else there may be. Because I do know a lot right. of people use like their credit card just to do gas, to build up credit yeah. and whatnot. Um, yeah. Never share usernames or passwords with anyone. Um, and change your passwords on a somewhat regular basis, whatever that means to you. <laughs> I typically go on to like a mass password changing spree every like three or four months. And the first two weeks are the fucking worse because yeah. I forget. And then I try to do like every password different for every major thing. And then I forget and I'm trying to log in on my phone um, and I end up having to change my password so many times. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't follow my example. This is why I'm surprised I haven't gotten, like, all of my shit stolen. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll get lucky and it won't happen. Um, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Knock on wood. Yeah. Only use browsers that securely transmit your data. Um, You can check this by seeing if the web address begins with HTTPS. Um, If that S isn't there, it's not secure. Um, Don't send payment information through email. Probably also don't send it through text message. (laughs) Things like that. Just don't do that. Don't send a picture of your card to someone. Don't post a picture of your new credit card on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right i've seen it happen. i have to like what is happening um and also probably the motto of this series don't trust your emails <laughs> yeah don't don't trust anyone yeah <laughs> no one is safe if you're on Nothing the internet is everyone is a stranger and you should be filled with danger stranger danger and that's how you stay safe there you go yeah what do you have? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, uh, y- uh, yeah, so that is how you stay safe. Um, however, <laughs> um, that brings us neatly into a whole new kind of skimming and a bunch of fuckery <laughs> with the RFID skimming. Um, so for those who don't know, RFID is the technology in those chips that they put in cards, um, and it stands for Radio Frequency Identification Technology. Um, so for my, 
research. I got some of this information from Paragon. I got some of this information from NPR. I got some of this information from IDX and um, also some from some fun anecdotes uh, from people that I know that have gone through uh, problems with RFID technology. Um, so radio frequency identification uses electromagnetic fields to identify and track objects which carry either a passive or active tags. Um, tag, not tags. It's either one or the other. It's not multiple. <laughs> sorry. Um, unlike passive tags that require energy from nearby RFID readers to be detective, active tags have their own power source to broadcast their unique identification number, and thanks to this, the tags can be detected by radar over a longer distance. Um, so that's things like uh, library books or... Um, like fast passes for people that live in cities that they have to go through toll roads, things like that. Um, like barcodes, RFID tags can be used to quickly identify an object. However, unlike barcodes, several tags can be scanned at once and without the need for a physical sight of the label, thus reducing time spent in stock management. RFID tags can also hold a lot more inf information than barcodes and create a more specific identification for items, tracking, monitoring, and storing data. Thanks to their small size, RFID tags have been placed into day-to-day -day objects such as passports, library books, clothes, and payment cards. Um, so this was technically, it was, it was pioneered early in like 1945. Um, they were using radio waves um, in the Soviet Union, um, as well as in the United States in military equipment. Um, but they really came to prominence. They were officially technically invented, RFID specifically, in 1983 by Charles Walton, um, who filed the first patent for the word RFID. Um, since then, they have started to gain notoriety, um, really coming into their own in the early 2000s. <clears throat> Um, so obviously everyone remembers when that super awesome thing happened when your bank shut off your debit card without telling you and sent you a brand new one in the mail with a brand new chip in it. So that chip is an RFID chip um, that helps to keep your information more secure. However, there are people that have developed methods um, and it is also, you know, theoretical that they can steal your information just by running an RFID scanner past it. Um, I personally thought that this was a lot more prominent because there was a huge movement, like, up until about, like, you know, 2000... I mean, even now, there was this huge movement for everything, like, RFID blocking. So RFID yeah. blocking wallets, yeah, RFID that. blocking pants, RFID blocking, you know, backpacks, everything yeah, like they that. Made it it like sound like, popular. they made it sound like every other person you see on the street is going to have a scanner. <laughs> right, exactly. And they made it sound like they're going to be able to steal all of your shit super fucking easily, which is like, well, then why did you put the fucking chip in it? Like, I remember asking that question. Um, so from, this is an article called, there are plenty of RFID blocking products, but do you need them by NPR? This was published in 2017. So obviously we talked about, you know, there's all of your information on your passport, all of your information on your ID now. A lot of people have the real IDs with RFID chips in them. Um, so it's like, 
why would you just let people walk around with this if it's so easy to skim? Um, and like I said, there was this huge movement to put um, RFID blocking technology into everything from pants to fanny packs to wallets, um, things like that. And However, with more research being done, because the RFID signal is technically like most of the time it's encrypted, it's going to be a lot harder to steal that information unless it's somebody that like really knows what they're doing. Um, so Roger Grimes is a computer security expert, and he says that you probably don't really need to buy an RFID blocking wallet and that there's or probably fanny hundreds pack. of millions. Or if it, I mean, I'm getting a fanny pack. I'm I fanny need pack an RFID fan. blocking fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's probably hundreds of millions of financial crimes being done every year, and so far, zero real-life RFID crime. Oh, sure. Um, he says that tracking RFID crime is just about impossible. It's hard to know how someone's information was stolen, but he says that the reason it's unlikely to happen is that thieves just don't want to waste their time. Um, he goes on in the article to say an RFID hacker has to make sure that there's a lot of people walking by with RFID-enabled credit cards, and there's a good chance that they'll be caught on closed-circuit cameras nearby, versus I can, for a lot of risk, go online on the internet and buy thousands of credit cards, their information, and security for a couple of bucks apiece. Um, true, true, true. Yeah, so, like, what it comes down to is really it's just, like, you can do this, but it's definitely going to be, like, a lot harder than physical skimming. Um, and there are new skimming technologies that make it a lot easier. They're a lot smaller. They're a lot easier to hide. Now they can actually go into, um, you know, the chip readers as opposed to reading the mag strip off of credit cards. So, like, RFID skimming is definitely a thing that can still happen um, and does still happen, but... It's definitely not as prevalent as everyone <laughs> seems to think. They would it's just going rather spoof a link. Right. And and we'll get into to some of that here in a second too. Um, but yeah, there's just there's so many more easy ways um, to spend your time and to gain money than, you know, walking around with a little boop boop machine. Also, um, like it was saying, uh, in that first article from Paragon, there is like active and passive. So it's like they're an active tag and they're constantly like broadcasting that information and that's something that you can pick up or they're passive and they're not going to activate until you put it into a card reader. Okay. So okay. it's like there's two different <laughs> varieties. And right. even if you do have one of the varieties that's constantly broadcasting that information, most of the time it's not going to be efficient because they're securely encrypted. So like on top of stealing the information, you also have to then go further and un unencrypt the information as well. <clears throat> However, it does happen. Um, so I actually, when I was talking to my roommate about this episode that we were doing, I was like, oh yeah, we're talking about skimming and things like that. And she's like, oh, that actually happened to me like a month ago. I went to this gas station and then the next day, like my credit card, like had like eight different decline charges, like all the way down to Grapevine, which is down South a bit, um, with like a full charge of like 150 some odd dollars in grapevine and the person was buying um jewels like jewel pods and jewel sticks oh 
So they were probably Gross. using the stolen credit card information <laughs> to buy jewels and then sell them. That's, I didn't realize jewels were still around. Yeah, oh yeah, they're still super popular. Huh. I haven't left my house in months. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's you, me, and everyone we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she actually had that happen at a gas station, kind of, so like the normal, typical skimming that, you know, you talked about. But there was an older guy who used to go to her gym who is a Lyft driver. And the person, he, like, picked up a person for Lyft. And obviously, I live in Lake Tahoe, so it's a super touristy location. And, like, there's been a massive influx of people up here. It's a lot more busy than it usually is. But this was actually St. Patrick's Day of last year, which holidays like that, like, drinking holidays, like, we're right next to the casinos. There's, like, lots of people come up for them. So he picked up someone in his fucking car and they stole, like, he had his passport on him. He had, like, all of his shit that's, like, you know, normally in his car. All of his credit cards were stolen. His identity was stolen. Everything. And they had to, because his identity was stolen, he had to hire, like, an an investigator to go through and, like, verify all of his information with him step by step. Um, And when they did, like, the in-depth investigation, they found that... Um, all of his shit had been skimmed by an RFID reader that was shit. sitting in his backseat. Shit. Yeah. And that's wild to me, like, especially because, like, I used to drive for Lyft and, like, I drive around with all my shit in my car. Like, yeah. that's terrifying. Yeah, I don't That's like really that. fucking scary. No. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's something that it's, it's definitely real. Um, it's definitely a thing that can happen, but, you know... There's, it's very, very, very unlikely um, that someone's going to come by and boop boop you and steal all of your shit. Um, if they do, it's like, you know, it's really fucking hard to, to pull off first off. And then you have to deal with possibly unencrypting information. So it has to be someone that's like really committed <laughs> yeah. first off. Um, but, you know, the only way to really block that out is to, if you do feel scared or worried about it, you know, even... Um, there's a company called 686, which is a popular outerwear brand that they make RFID pockets for like their snow pants, even like there are resources that you can get, um, that will defend you from RFID reading. If that's something that you're super scared about, which may, you know, in the future, excuse me, which may in the future, you know, come to more prominence, but you know, as it stands right now, it's something that's probably pretty low on uh, the pyramid of crime, <laughs> so to speak. Until this episode hits and everyone's like, cool, that's the scam I, I choose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Scam, scam, scam. <laughs> um, so um, that brings us up to, as we were kind of talking about, um, like online transactions. And obviously last episode we talked about phishing and vishing. Um, that brings us to crypto jacking. Yeah. <laughs> so first off, oh, I fucking hate this shit. First off, I, I want to say that my official position on cryptocurrency is it fucking sucks and I'm fucking sick and tired of it. And I don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah. Elon Musk can, I'm you know, super bored of it. <laughs> and I think it's great that people love it and they're doing their thing. Um, I just don't... It was an interesting technology until we found out exactly how much, like, power loss it's causing and, like, how much of just, like, a just pure waste of resources 
it's creating. Yeah, and, and it's it's. I just hate. It's it. also like. It's too fucking much, dude. <laughs> like, it's... It's very it's, complicated. It's too much for so little, and I'm I'm uninterested. When people yeah. start talking to me about it, I am as dry as the desert. Right. Uh, when I hear someone say, blockchain, <sighs> my vagina makes the wind just shut down noise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um we are that girl in the meme in the in the club meme where that guy's like pressed up against her talking about something. Yeah, and her yeah. face is just very Ugh. visibly not fucking having it. That's me whenever yep. I hear blockchain or cryptocurrency yes. or Ethereum or by like bit but whatever. Yeah. I don't want to talk not into about it. I hate it. Not into it. Um I mean, I'm not really good at math to begin with, so, like, talking about, like, complex math problems solved by computers, like, I really don't, I'm not here for it. Um, so, before we get into crypto jacking, let's talk a little bit about crypto mining. God, um, if we have As much to. as I hate this. <laughs> and it is kind of, like, it is kind of interesting, like, it's it an interesting kind of, like, behind the scenes, but then when you think of everything else and all of the other like problems that it causes like i said like it's a huge fucking power suck yeah massive like crypto mining is so fucking bad for the environment yeah. like um so unfortunately in order to understand what crypto jacking is we do have to talk about crypto mining all right tell it like it is <laughs> um so Oops, I lost my page. There we go. <clears throat> so crypto mining, and I got my information from a couple different areas. I got it from CSO, um, from a blog post by Michael Salat from Avast, which is a um, antivirus. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and also the explain like I'm five board on Reddit Love because it. that's what I needed. I like needed someone to like tell me like a child. Yeah, I don't want to hear all I of the cool nuances. Just tell me in small words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, crypto mining essentially uses your computer's processing power to ensure transactions of Bitcoin between users. And the reward for doing this and using your computer's processing power is a piece of the cryptocurrency itself. So essentially, when a transaction is launched, all of the computers that are mining will say Bitcoin, um, which is, I feel like, the most well-known cryptocurrency. All of the computers that are mining suddenly go into work mode and they try and solve a very complex equation and they generate a hash and then the first one that gets it right, that gets the really super hard math problem right, raises its hand it's like, I got it! And it creates a hash um, and then that computer is then rewarded with a piece of Bitcoin, not like a full one Bitcoin because it's like $13,000, but it's like a small piece, like a chunk of ore. Obviously, it's called why well, it's called mining. <laughs> um, and so they're rewarded with a small piece of that cryptocurrency for all of the work that it did. So it's like giving a dog a treat, only it's your computer and the treat is money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, however, this uses ridiculous amounts of power. It's like a huge suck on your GPU. Um, and so it causes like a lot of problems for performance. So most people actually just have like a setup where it's just used for crypto mining. Like if you've got, like, it's like a mining rig is what they call yeah. it. And so on it's top just of that, used for crypto mining. On top of that, you have to, like, not only are you dumping <clears throat> resources into your computer to make sure your computer's going and you're using the power to keep your computer going, but you also have to use power to keep the room cool because it'll start overheating Right. And it's you just... have to use like a you have to set up a whole fucking pretty much server if you're gonna like hope to yeah. gain any, you know, real amount of money. It's not um it's not easy or cheap. <laughs> no. Neither it is neither one of those things. Um I just yeah, I wonder sometimes like how like it's just like you're not you're like you're still working like you're still having to pay for the power supply like you're still having to do all these things and on top of that like i said it's like a huge environmental cost um because of like all of the electricity there was a really good um tiktok by planet money from npr um that i saw recently that kind of talked about the power costs and it's like something like the amount of crypto mining that goes on right now is like you know, using the same amount of power as Australia does in a year. So it's like a whole other country worth of fucking energy or some shit like that. It was insane. I, like I said, I don't have it pulled up or anything, but it's a very large number. It's unnecessary. Uh, What I do have pulled up, (laughs) it really is. Like, especially when there's like other ways of doing things, like it's maybe like secure, but like, you know, we've walked away from, you know, backing anything in a solid material for so long that it's just like, it's yeah yeah it's fucking messy and complicated and not worth my time i'm not fucking smart enough for cryptocurrency (laughs) i'll just admit it you know um so here's some key points from investopedia uh by mining you can earn cryptocurrency without having to put down money for it um however you're gonna have like a huge power bill and like if you have yeah. to like put the money into rebuilding your computer so that you can turn it into like a mining rig yeah it's, it's a, hidden it's a costs. fucking investment yeah yeah <laughs> uh bitcoin miners receive bitcoin as a reward for completing blocks of verified transactions which are then added to the blockchain kind of like we talked about still don't really fucking understand what that means but okay <laughs> Uh, <laughs> mining rewards are paid to the miner who discovers a solution to the complex hashing puzzle first, and the probability that a participant will be the one to discover the solution is related to the portion of the total mining power on the network. I, my brain just <laughs> melted reading this. Also, there's only a finite amount of Bitcoin available, so luckily, right. eventually they're not going to be able to mine for anything anymore because all the Bitcoin will have been found. Right. So there is that. Right. Um, You need either a GPU, which is a graphics processing unit, or an application-specific integrated circuit, or ASIC, in order to set up a mining rig. Um. So those are, that's some, like, background, which, I mean, I hope you're super fucking excited to talk about <laughs> crypto jacking now, because, man, am I 
I like I said, my brain is just leaking out of my ear. I just like I've I'm so disconnected from this entire <laughs> field of study. I just I hate it so much. Well, um, you did a good job of explaining it. Thank you. I hope everybody understands because like it's very difficult for me to understand. I'm saying words and I like kind of grasp the concept and like I understand in my own way, but I feel like if I'm talking about it, I probably sound fucking stupid, which is how when men try to talk to me about it, I feel like they are. Um, I think this whole series, no <laughs> there's been things where I've been like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I'm just going to plow ahead and hope that it sounds okay. <laughs> Right, I'm just going to hope for the best. <laughs> we're not scammers. Yeah, we don't know what's going it. on. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. That's where we're totally in- innocent. That's why we have no fucking idea what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so the definition from CSO Online is cryptojacking is the unauthorized use of someone else's computer to mine cryptocurrency. Hackers do this either by getting the victim to clink on... Oh, fuck my life. Click on a malicious link in an email that loads crypto mining code onto the computer or by infecting a website or online ad with JavaScript code that auto executes once loaded onto the victim's browser. Got um, it. How it works. <laughs> um, hackers have two primary ways of getting a victim's computer to secretly mine cryptocurrency. So that's like, that's I think the baseline of all of it is like crypto jacking is using somebody else's computer like a mining rig yeah. when they're, you know, sometimes when they're using it, sometimes when they're not using it, depending on, you know, the form of malicious software being used. Um, but it's using someone else's computer to do the work for you so you don't have to foot the bill. Yeah. So all of that expensive is stuff <laughs> is put on to someone else's shit. Right. Like a whole network of computers at a company, say. Yeah. For example. <clears throat> um, so I lost my place again. Son of a hoot. Um, farts. Okay, there we go. Um, so no one really knows how much cryptocurrency is mined through cryptojacking. Um, however, it is a huge practice. Um, so browser-based cryptojacking is actually one of the biggest ones. However, it has started to kind of taper off. Um, there was a website, or not a website, there was a, a JavaScript um, called CoinHive that was super popular and used by cyber criminals to hijack, um, to hijack web browsers. And so they would like generate a profit. Um, so CoinHive's whole deal was they were making uh, 30% of all the coins mined on their service and reportedly 100% of the money from coin that was mined on accounts that had been shut down for abuse. So they were openly letting criminals use their service in order to make a profit off of what the criminals were making so it didn't matter okay okay um so they shut down their operation and with that shutdown they're actually and that was in 2000 that was march of 2019 there was actually a reduction in crypto jacking at least by using javascript injected into a browser um 
However, it seems like there was a decline that was beginning much earlier. There was a report from Positive Technology Cybersecurity Threats Gate Q1 in 2019 that showed that crypto mining accounts for only 7% of all attacks, down from 23%, which was in early 2018. So it's kind of been like tapering off just in general. Did you say 7%? Yes, seven okay. percent down from twenty three percent in two thousand eighteen, and that was in two thousand nineteen. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so this blog post from Michael Salat for the I think that's how you say it. I'm so sorry if it's not. <laughs> um, from the Avast blog, kind of talks about uh, the Coin Hive and their demise. Um, the title was "Will Coin Hives End Lead to the End of Browser Based Crypto Mining and Crypto Jacking?" And in yes. reading this, obviously, like it talks about, <laughs> yes. um, obviously it talks about CoinHive and it talks about um, like the mining process in general. Um, however, another big portion of that is that there are websites that allow you to use their website to crypto mine, even um, Avast in it. Um, so it says here, um, it's a massive gray zone. Um, because while the effects of crypto jacking, especially browser-based crypto jacking, which mainly includes slowing down the browser, are bothersome, they aren't devastating, and often users are unaware that their browser is mining. Not all browser-based crypto mining is malicious either. There is a legitimate use of the cryptocurrency miners where websites give users the option to mine to, in return, avoid seeing ads. So, like, instead of, so, like, you'd log on to, uh, I have not going to try and predict the future here or anything, but you log into Facebook and instead of seeing the fucking ads everywhere, you allow your computer to become a miner for Facebook, essentially, which is just so many levels of fucking bleak when you yeah. think about like <laughs> the imagery there. Um, so not always great. <laughs> But you can allow a website to use your setup as a miner while you're using that website. Um, or, in the case of UNICEF, to raise money for a charitable cause. Um, and he goes on to say, We at Avast reached a point, however, where we needed to decide whether or not we should block all browser-based miners to protect our user base from crypto jacking. We decided to create a set of strict rules and miners that adhere to the rules and request to be whitelisted are not blocked, but those that do not are blocked by our antivirus. We consider mining on web pages to be ethical when users are explicitly asking permission, um, or when users are explicitly asked permission before the mining begins and are educated on the process. Which sounds super cool, like yeah, then that, that makes sense for that situation. Me personally, I fucking hate cryptocurrency, <laughs> so I fucking don't want to think about that shit. Personally. Yeah, I'd rather it not be in my life. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I would rather not deal with it at all. It's just so fucking complicated and fucked up. I hate it. I don't like it. I know that there's like, I know, okay. I understand that there are positive things maybe that someone sees or like opportunities or like technology that someone else sees that I do not and I totally understand that and I'm okay with it but that's the thing is I'm okay with it and I don't have to fucking agree with it and I don't want to have to fucking deal with it yeah that seems very close-minded when I say it like that because then I think of like you know older generations that are just like that fucking internet shit <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah but but I just like I, I feel like there's so many detrimental effects to it 
Personally, yeah, that sure. I don't see a need for it. Like, it's like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of thing. Like, personally. Right. I feel like you're creating a lot more problems than you were uh, solutions to anything. But that's just me. Um, so some real-world cryptojacking examples from CSO. These were actually pretty interesting. Um, so the Cyber Threat Alliance... <laughs> Uh, the illicit cryptocurrency mining threat report describes Power Ghost, first oh. analyzed by Fortinet, which is such a cool fucking name. Dude, hackers are so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, except when they infect my shit. Please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, first analyzed by Fortinet as stealthy malware that can detect or can avoid detection in a number of ways. It first uses spear phishing to gain a foothold in the system. So obviously it gets, you know, someone to click on a malicious link or uh, download malicious software. Um, and then it steals Windows credentials and leverages Windows management instrumentation and the eternal blue exploit, which I have no idea what that is because I'm not a hacker and I'm also not in the IT field <laughs> anymore. Um, it then tries to disable antivirus software and compete in crypto miners. So, like, it will go in, it will, like, disable the antivirus, and it'll also wipe out any other crypto miners. Because that's another thing is, like, there's so many people doing this that, like, people will, like, you know, infect a computer that's already infected that nobody notices because they're just like, ah, fucking slow computer today, you know. They don't think about it. Um, and so this goes in there and disables the other crypto miners as well. Okay. Which is nice. I mean, yeah, smart for them to do. <laughs> when I was doing this research, I was thinking of like teeny tiny computer pirates, <laughs> just like, <"Pachoo!"> you know, like <laughs> treasure planet style, like shooting like a harpoon into a ship, which is actually just someone's computer yeah. and then like getting in and like killing all the other guys because they're stronger and they have a better pirate force i don't know i'm stupid <laughs> um <laughs> there is also graboid a crypto minder worm spread using containers um which cso says in october palo alto networks released a report describing a cryptojacking botnet with self-spreading capabilities graboid as they named it is the first known crypto mining worm it spreads by finding Docker engine deployments that are exposed to the internet without authentication. Palo Alto Networks estimated that Graboid had infected more than 2,000 Docker deployments. I have no idea what a Docker deployment is. In fact, I thought they were talking about pants. Hi! <laughs> 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 hey, oh my god! <laughs> when they go on to, to, to say malicious Docker Hub accounts mine Monero, <laughs> which Monero is another form of cryptocurrency. Um, it said in June 20... Okay. I, okay, I'm going to talk to you about how dumb I am for a second. In June 2020, Palo Alto Networks identified a cryptojacking scheme that used Docker images on the Docker Hub network to deliver crypto mining software to victim system. I thought they were talking about pictures of pants. Oh my god. I That's the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, I have no idea what this is. Oh, Docker is obviously. <laughs> right, exactly. Why are so many people searching pictures of pants? Why is there an entire hub network of pictures of pants? That's not what it is. Um, it's like Docker, like, like connection. Um, 
and I'm an idiot, so it's great. <laughs> um, so by placing the crypto mining code within a Docker image, it helps avoid detection. Um, so it disguises itself as something out as like, you know, like a station connection container thing, tech stuff. <laughs> Uh, the infected images were accessed more than 2 million times, and Palo Alto estimates that the CryptoJackers realized $36,000 in ill-gotten gains. Wait, what? What was that <clears> So by part? using that method, they used, they realized 36, they realized or like came into $36,000 worth of ill-gotten gains. Oh, okay, okay. From mining on someone else's network. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> Dang. So, like, there's definitely, there's, like, so many, like, there's literally, like, 10 or 15 more, like, examples here of just, like, other things exploiting in our torrent vulnerability. So that's people that have, like, a torrent client that they're, you know, tapping into that network in order to access the torrent. And then, of course, they're also, like, you were talking about, like, how you have to clean up a file for, like, two hours trying to, like, download a movie. It's, like, you know... Pirate ships come with barnacles. <laughs> yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. That's I, right. Yeah. That's in my mind. That's how I was like figuring it out. I was like, oh, this is like a mini pirate oper operation. That's the whole thing. Um, so there are some ways to prevent crypto jacking. Um, the first is like most important, I think, pretty much for anything that we're talking about. Because like, Cryptojackers aren't necessarily going to use someone's like personal computer like so much as they're going to on a large scale operation look to like infect an entire company where they have like access to an entire company's network of, of computers because if you have more machines working for you you have a higher probability of actually turning a profit right right so First on the line of defense, and I feel like this is, like, pretty valid, valid with all of the scams that we've talked about, is, like, making sure that your <laughs> IT team is, like, trained to, like, know what to look for in terms of crypto jacking. Um, also to put out lots and lots of information about not accepting phishing emails, not opening emails from sources that you don't know. Like that's going to come back to like every single episode is like, don't open emails from people that you don't know. And definitely if you do, don't click on links. <laughs> um, yeah. That's super, super, yep. super important. Never click on links. Never trust your email. Never answer your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never talk to anyone. <laughs> I don't go outside. <laughs> um, so definitely, like, first and foremost, make sure that, you know, we're putting out good information about not, you know, falling victim to phishing. That's, like, your number one defense. Um, the second is installing adblock or anti-crypto mining extensions onto web browsers because, like, that's your second form of defense is, like, you want to make sure that there's something protecting you. Um, like an antivirus that like makes sure to scan for crypto mining, you know, capabilities. Um, keep your web filtering tools up to date. Um, if you identify a web page that is delivering crypto jacking scripts, make sure that your users are blocked from accessing it. And this, of course, is aimed more, like I said, towards companies. But when you have like knowledge of a website that is using those tools and those scripts, like you can add it to the company firewall. So like, you know, that's not going to be able to be accessed. 
Um, maintaining browser extensions, which again is like something that I didn't know about until last episode when we were talking about that, is like, you know, attackers will definitely use any opportunity that they can to download malicious software onto your machine. Um, and that includes cryptojacking capabilities as well. Um, so a couple things to look for if you think that you're getting cryptojacked. Um, it says here, like ransomware, cryptojacking can affect your organization despite your best efforts to stop it. Detecting it can be difficult, especially if only a few systems are compromised. Don't count on existing endpoint protection tools to stop cryptojacking. Crypto mining code can hide from signature-based detection tools, um, and desktop antivirus tools won't see them. So here's what will work. Um, once again, you want to train your help desk to look for signs of crypto mining. Uh, most of that is going to be kind of like how we said, if you have like a crypto mining rig, it's going to produce massive amounts of heat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so heat from excessive CPU usage causes damage and of course can reduce the life cycle of devices. Um, this is especially true for things like thin clients or tablets or smartphones, that sort of thing. Um, also it's going to slow down everything. Um, like when you're using your browser, like it's going to make your computer seem like it's like not as fast. Um, which makes me think actually like maybe one of our thin clients at work is like acting up. So I wonder if check it it's a possibility. Out. Yeah, it might have to. Also, it's just like a really old thin client though too. So it might just be slow, but it's like ridiculously slow. Um, so maybe we'll have to check that out. Um, also, uh, a huge thing to look out for is if there is a spike in help desk complaints about slow computer, uh, computer performance, that should raise a red flag to investigate further, because like we said, that's going to be, you know, it's they're trying to infect a network of people so that they can have as many machines working for them as possible. Like, they're not just going to generally, I mean, they do, but like, mostly like the whales, <laughs> as we learned about in the fishing episode, are generally going to be, you know, the bigger boys. Yeah. The networks of computers that you can get doing it. Um, monitor your own websites for crypto mining code because, like we said, like, JavaScript, it's just an, in you're just an injection away from becoming a, a mining slave. Um, <laughs> also, just to stay abreast of crypto jacking trends, keep up to date on new technologies that, that are being used, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah. In the end, you just have to, as it says here, learn and adapt. Use your experience to better understand how the attacker will compromise your systems. Um, make sure that all of your information stays up to date and actually check your antivirus and your uh, pop-up lockers and, and all of those things, unlike me. <laughs> I just chill. <laughs> I'm literally just vibing. Yeah, just check all the shit and yeah, uh, never trust anything. what it comes down to. Yeah, don't trust anything. Make sure all of your shit's up to date. Um, it's pretty important. Uh, I'm learning a lot of things from <laughs> doing this series that I did not think that I was going to, that's for sure. Right? Um, but yeah, so that's fucking that over with. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I yeah. hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I was like really excited to do it because I was like maybe this will make me understand what all of this is about and like honestly in the end I'm like I think the crypto jacking is a lot cooler than the concept of like mining for sport or pleasure I suppose um, right right because really like it was saying how it's kind of like a gray area like it's kind of a victimless crime because like you know for the most part, it's not going to really affect someone. They're not really going to even notice it. There's also, like, technology on the rise where it, like, detects people's mouse movements and stops the mining process when the computer is actually in use oh, by a person. Well, that's polite. So that people won't realize it. Well, I mean, it was more sneaky than anything, <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's, like, it's not really, like, it's affecting anyone, and, like, they're getting a piece of the pie, and that's pretty cool, I guess. Um... But no, really what it comes down to is I just really don't like the idea of cryptocurrency in general. <laughs> and that's what it is. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There it is, people. Um, you're not safe on the also, internet and you're not safe in the real world. <laughs> right, you're not safe anywhere, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It is also important uh, important to mention that, like, with cryptocurrency, if you're collecting it, like, you're still going to have, you're still going to be subject to all of those different scams that we've already talked about. Like, in fact, you might even be more subjected to it because it's an online forum and you're, you know, more exposed to being online, you know, than, like, someone just stealing from you <laughs> in person, you know? Right. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been uh, playing anything fun recently? Um, I started playing Animal Crossing again, because um, it's been about a year since I started playing this game, this iteration <clears throat> of it. Um, right. And it's, it's been a couple of months since I did play it. So I logged in to see how my townsfolk are doing, and it's just in time for, what do they call it, bunny day? So Yeah, Easter's coming up. Yeah, so the terrifying bunny man is, like, hopping around. <laughs> Good, love that. <laughs> yeah, but I did get, like, the happy one-year anniversary cake from the Nintendo team, so... Oh, hell yeah. It's official. They really show that they care. Yeah. So yeah, I'll probably play that for a week and then forget about it for another couple of months. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm actually playing Luigi's Mansion. Oh. Um, so I'm also on the Switch. Uh, I bought it when it first came out, and then I didn't really play my Switch for like a while because Tori was using my Switch for Animal Crossing, and then I just kind of, like, forgot about it. Right, right. <laughs> Which is, like, a super dumb thing to do for, like, a $300 <laughs> uh, video game console. Just forget it exists. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I got it, and I, like, played a little bit of it when it, like, when I first got it, but I haven't really gotten into it, so I started a new file, and I'm starting to play Luigi's Mansion. I really enjoyed it when it was on GameCube, um, so I'm excited to kind of delve into that and see how it is. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. I also have uh, the the fur, which is like uh, Mario, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy, so I have those as well, and I've been kind of like farts and around on that, because it's hella cash, and I enjoy it. I love a cash game. 
Yeah. Nintendo's really good at that. They really like, are. Very calming. Having a good time. They really figured <laughs> it out and just chicken. fucking locked it in. Right. We talked about that before. Yeah. If you want, you can go back and listen to our uh, Console Wars episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was we a good one. We talked quite a bit about that. It was Yeah, good I liked one. that one. It was fun. Back in the day when we weren't worried about, you know, monsters jumping out of our computers <laughs> and stealing all of our shit. Yeah. <laughs> Back when the world was young. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So if, uh, if you like us, if you like our content, if you want to help support us and uh, help us, you know, make more stuff for you... Uh, or if you really just like hearing us talk about video games, you can find more content if you subscribe to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash bitesizepodcast. Also, thanks to our Patreon, we have our new website, which is bitesizepodcast.com, which has links to our Patreon, all of our social media, um, as well as all of the wonderful places that you can listen to it, which is pretty much wherever you find podcasts. A uh, big shout out to our existing subscribers. We got Daniel J, Justin J, Beert, and Michael I. So thank you guys so much for everything that you do. Um, also a big shout out to our theme music writer, So-and-So. You can find their stuff at soundcloud.com slash so-and-so US. That's S-O and S-O-U-S, all one word. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks. Hope we're not freaking you out too much. <laughs> but I hope we're freaking you out enough. Right, just enough to yeah. protect yourself because we care about you because you're our buddies. Our bite sized buddies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, bye. Bye.